Blog Talk Radio. live internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. This is Nicole, your book of your book of Revelation research scientist and tonight is our first discussion in February of 2024 about the purple and scarlet prophecy. If you are interested in having the study notes please go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic for the one-page basic study notes tonight. We're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy. We're talking about what happens when the seventh and final plague is released. In Revelation chapters 15 and 16, The seven final plagues prophecy is presented. In other words, John the Revelator, he was shown by an angel assigned by Jesus Christ. He was shown while he was in heaven a documentary. He was shown an external vision. In other words, a vision external to himself. In today's vernacular, we refer to moving pictures with sound, As a movie, but this wasn't just any kind of movie he was shown. He was shown a documentary about end-time events, soon-coming events, and every event that he was shown, according to Revelation chapter 22, verse 6, was genuine and true. So he was shown the seven final plagues. Seven angels of the Lord stood in heaven, each with a bowl, and inside of it held a plague. And they were sent to the earth, and one by one they pour out the plagues. When the seventh and final plague is poured out, many things happen. A key event is that God remembers Babylon. God remembers Babylon. And so we get at the end of that prophecy. So John the Revelator wrote down everything that he saw and heard. And so he watched a documentary, but because we don't have a copy of the documentary he saw, we have his report of it. We refer to it as a prophecy, but we're talking about the same thing. At the end of the documentary that he was shown, In Revelation chapter 17, we hear a little bit about what happens when the seventh and final plague is poured out. In Revelation chapter 16, so many things uh, happen, but one of the key things that happens, Revelation chapter 16 verse 17 says, then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and then in verse 19, it says, the great city of Babylon split into three sections. And then it says later in the same verse, so God remembered all of Babylon's sins. And he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island disappeared, and all the mountains were level. So today we're going to be talking about Babylon. So Babylon is the headquarters of the harlot church, the church that promotes the one world religion during the wrath of Satan, which is the great tribulation. It's precisely 42 months, 1,260 days, a time, times, and half a time. That's three and a half years. So at the end of the Seven Plagues documentary, 
there's a snapshot of the destruction of Babylon, and we're told that God remembers all of Babylon's sins. The next documentary he was shown was a documentary, is a documentary that focuses exclusively on how God remembers Babylon. In other words, how God destroys the headquarters of the one world religion that's responsible for getting multiplied millions, in other words, billions of people to give their affections to a false god to essentially become a prostitute, to give their heart, their love, to someone, to something other than our creator, God the Father. And so let us turn our attention now to this important prophecy, prophecy number eight in the book of Revelation. It's a zoom in. It's the most detailed Report in the book of Revelation of the destruction of the headquarters, an actual city, the headquarters for the one world religion, the harlot church. Let's go to that prophecy. It begins with Revelation chapter 17, and it ends with verse 5 of Revelation chapter 19. Now, I want to take us first to the destruction of Babylon itself. And then let's circle back to talk about, well, where is this city? What exactly is the city? Let's go to Revelation chapter 18 to hear about its destruction. We just heard a snapshot of it at the end of Revelation chapter 16. Now in Revelation 18, we go there We have fast-forwarded in time to the actual destruction. Here's what John the Revelator says, reading from Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. After all this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout, Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture, and every foul and dreadful animal. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her because of her desires for extravagant luxury. The merchants of the world have grown rich. Then I heard another voice calling from heaven. Come away from her, my people. Do not partake. Do not partake in her sins. Excuse me. Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. For her sins are piled as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew twice as much for her. She glorified herself and lived in luxury, so match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne. I am no helpless widow. And I have no reason to mourn. Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day. So here's what's going to happen to Babylon. A city, the city which is the headquarters of the harlot church, here's what's going to happen to that city when the seventh and final plague is released. Revelation chapter 18, verse 8 says, Death and mourning and famine she will be completely consumed by fire for the lord god who judges her is mighty and the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn
mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. So this city is going to be completely destroyed, completely destroyed by fire. Now, it's going to be destroyed before the Battle of Armageddon. Before the battle, before the battle of Armageddon, and after the first resurrection, the headquarters for the Harlot Church is going to be destroyed. It is part of the wrath of God. When the seventh and final plague is poured out, let's continue. And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. They will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for you. O Babylon, you great city, in a single moment, God's judgment came on you. Now let's pause for a second. Why in the world would the kings of the world be terrified by the torment of a city? So if someone's a king and that individual presides over another nation and is in another city completely separate from this city, why in the world would that king be terrified? Because the first resurrection has happened. No believer is on the earth at this time. All believers are in heaven while the seventh and final uh, the seven final plagues are being poured out, and they are terrified because the reality of God's judgment is being experienced. At this point, all who have taken the mark of the beast have been struck with a malignant sore. And now they're seeing not only judgment in the bodies of those who are team Satan, but judgment where the false prophet has his home, the false prophet who has ruled and reigned in tandem with the Antichrist for three and a half years, the headquarters, that city has been completely destroyed, and they're terrified because they know that they're next. They know that they have been, uh, they have sworn allegiance to the Antichrist, that they have worshipped the beast following the instruction of the false prophet. So it says they will stand at a distance terrified by her great torment. Then verse, uh, continuing in verse 10, how terrible, how terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city. In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. She bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth, things made of fragrant thyan wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood and bronze, iron, and marble. She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, wagons, and bodies, that is, human slaves. Listen, human trafficking is a reality. Slavery is a reality in 2024. It might not be a reality where I am or where you are, but it's a reality in our world. And the Bible reveals that the harlot church will be uh, consumers, participators in human trafficking, and that they will, in fact, be owners of slaves. Let's continue. Verse 14 says, the fancy things you loved so much are gone, they cry. All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. This city is going to be destroyed by fire. It will be a city that grows in uh, not only its influence in the world, but it's going to grow in terms of its wealth. It's going to be like New York City, Hong Kong, and think of uh, other financial capitals, perhaps Dubai, all rolled into one. A very uh, powerful city, not only in terms of its influence with respect to the one world religion, but its financial base. A very wealthy city. 
Let's continue. Verse 15 says, the merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things. So this city is going to be so wealthy that they're buying a lot from the merchants of the world. Stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out. How terrible, how terrible for that great city. She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linens, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. In a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone. Do you know that there was a time on the earth when Thebes was a fantastic city um, that was splendid and uh, full of wealth, and now it's destroyed? In the same way, there's a modern city. We're going to talk about what city this is that's going to have that same fate. Then it says, And all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend, and they will say, Where is there another city as great as this? And they will weep and throw dust on their heads to show their grief. And they will cry out, How terrible, how terrible for that great city. The ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. In a single moment, it's all gone. Notice how they keep saying it's all gone in a single moment and how they keep saying it's terrible, it's terrible. And, oh, this city was so great. They keep saying that over and over again. And in verse 20 it says, Rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God, and apostles and prophets, for at last God has judged her for your sakes. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, Just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. The sound of harps, singers, flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsmen and no trades will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest in the world, and you deceived the nations with your sorceries. What are sorceries? Witchcraft. False religion. You deceived the nations with your sorceries. So it's not talking about one nation, but it says the nations. The nations. Remember in verse 3 of the same chapter, it says, For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The one world religion is going to reach every nation in the world during the Great Tribulation, millions, multiplied millions, that is billions of individuals are going to be deceived. They're going to take part in the one world religion, um, individuals in every nation. And yet it says here at the end of chapter 18, it says, you deceived the nations with your sorceries. The one world religion is a false religion. The one world religion is, read, is going to be led by the false prophet. The false prophet is the final pope. We're going to look at that today in chapter 17. Now let's continue here in verse 18. In your streets flow the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. Revelation 19 verses 1 to 5, it says, after this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. So all the murders that, are going to, that will take place, that are going to take place during the Great Tribulation, all of the uh, individuals in Israel who are worshiping their one God, our one God, in the rebuilt Third Temple, all of the Christians uh, worldwide who are giving testimony about Jesus Christ, 
who refused to take the mark of the beast, all of the prophets uh, who are going to lose their lives, their murders will be avenged. When? When God destroys the headquarters for the harlot church, it says here, uh, he has punished the great prostitute. What is the great prostitute? The great prostitute is the harlot church, and Babylon is the city, the city that's the headquarters for the harlot church, the church that promotes a one-world religion, a false Christianity during the Great Tribulation. Then it says, and again, their voices rang out, Praise the Lord. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. So this says it's a vast crowd in heaven shouting. We're not shouting about the destruction of Babylon on the earth. We're watching it from heaven. Then verse 4 says, Then the 24 elders and the four living beasts fell down and worshipped God, who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen. Praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him from the least to the greatest. So that's the second half of the purple and scarlet prophecy. I wanted to take us straight from the seven plagues prophecy to the purple and scarlet prophecy because one of the things mentioned at the end of the seven plagues prophecy is that God remembers Babylon remembers her sins, and she drinks uh, the wine of God's wrath. So what does that look like, God's wrath on Babylon? We just heard it. It looks like Babylon being consumed by fire in a single moment in one day. It's completely destroyed. It happens in a single moment. It's consumed by fire, and the smoke ascends, it says, forever and ever. Folks are watching it from other locations, and of course, those who are team Satan, they're sad because the great city has been destroyed, the city that deceived all the nations with her sorceries. But in contrast to those uh, kings of the world who bear the mark of the beast, who are team Satan, who are sad at the destruction of the headquarters of the Harlot Church, in heaven we will be rejoicing we will be rejoicing that God's judgment has been rendered against the headquarters for the Harlot Church, uh, which has been responsible for the loss of life of so many of the saints. Now, we've seen the reality, the reality of the destruction of the Harlot Church in other words, the headquarters of the Harlot Church, that's what I mean to say, but where is this headquarters? Where is this headquarters? And uh, who exactly is involved with this Harlot Church? What all are we talking about? Those secrets are revealed at the beginning, at the beginning of the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. Let us go there next. So we've heard the second half. Revelation chapter 18, as well as verses 1 to 5 of 19, that's the report of the actual physical destruction of that city when the seventh and final plague is released. But let's hear the backstory. That's how did we arrive at the one world religion deceiving all the nations? How did we arrive there? So let's hear John's report of what he was shown. Revelation chapter 17, the first half of the purple and scarlet prophecy. John begins with, in verse 1 of chapter 17, saying this, One of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prosperous rules over many waters. Now, what are waters? 
I believe that waters represent religions. Let's keep going. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. And the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. Let's pause there for a second. The scarlet beast refers to the Antichrist. In the book of Revelation, sometimes the beast refers to the Antichrist, as in uh, the scarlet beast here in Revelation 17. Sometimes the beast refers to the Antichrist, as in the beginning of Revelation chapter 13. Sometimes it refers to the false prophet as seen in the second half of Revelation chapter 13. Sometimes it refers to Satan as noted in Revelation chapter 20. Sometimes the beast refers to the ten-nation alliance that the Antichrist will be given power to lead. So whenever we're talking about the beast in the book of Revelation, we have to look at other indicators in the scripture to determine is this talking about the Antichrist, the false prophet, Satan, or the Ten Nation Alliance? So here where it says the scarlet beast is talking about the Antichrist, and it says, There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns. So uh, it's telling us that the Antichrist has ten kings. So the ten horns represent ten kings, and the seven heads represent seven nations. And it says, in blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman, the woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand, talking about the woman, she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. So this woman... This woman is immoral. This woman is a religion, the one world religion. It says in verse 5, continuing, a mysterious name was written on her forehead. This is the woman, the one world religion, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes. Every false religion in the world is going to come under the leadership of the one world religion false religion, a false Christianity. The Bible refers to it here in the book of Revelation as the mother of all prostitutes. They're going to create a doctrine where these religions in writing come together and agree that they are all going to come under this one religion, and they're going to say that they're all worshiping the same God, and they're going to uh, allow themselves to be in an alliance, to create what is essentially a one-world religion. And so this is the mother of all prostitutes because when a person gives his or her affections, his or her love to another God other than the one that has created the individual, that individual is prostituting himself or herself, and God hates it. So this woman that sits on the scarlet beast, the Antichrist, who has ten kings uh, and these seven uh, nations, it says uh, seven heads. It says a mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. Then verse 6 says, I could see that she was drunk. So why is this one world religion going to be drunk? It says, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. The one world religion is going to come against Christians and be responsible 
for the bloodshed of the prophets and God's holy people. In Revelation chapter 12, at the end, we learn that the war on Jews declared by the Antichrist is going to be enlarged to include Christians everywhere after a major flood comes to Israel, a flood that fails to destroy Israel when the ground opens up supernaturally to receive all of the water that otherwise would have destroyed that great, that great nation. It says here in verse 6 of Revelation 17, I could see that she was drunk, talking about this one world religion, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Why are you so amazed, the angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she, she sits. The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit. Now, what beast is this talking about? This beast is Satan. Satan comes up out of the bottomless pit in Revelation chapter 20, verses 8 to 10. So this is talking about Satan. The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. Uh, When Satan is released from the bottomless pit at the end of the first thousand years of Jesus' reign, All of the people who are mortals on this present earth, they're going to be amazed because Satan will have been bound for a thousand years. So we're going to have peace on earth for a thousand years until Satan's released. Uh, This is after the second coming of Jesus Christ and after the destruction of Babylon, the battle of Armageddon is fought and won. We have a thousand years of peace and Satan's released from the bottomless pit. All those people who are mortals, they're going to be amazed. Uh, now let's continue. Verse 9 says, This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. The sixth now reigns, and the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. The scarlet beast, so now instead of the beast that comes up out of the Uh, bottomless pit we're talking about the scarlet beast it says the scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king he is like the other seven and he too is headed for destruction now who else is headed for destruction these are the people headed for destruction the antichrist the false prophet satan the children of satan and death So it says, the scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. That's talking about the Antichrist. In Daniel, we learn that uh, there are ten kings. The Antichrist is going to put down three of them. Ten minus three is seven. When he then ascends, that will make him the eighth king at that point in time. Let's continue. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. Now, you have to appreciate, in these verses, we're going forward in time and then backwards in time. It's giving us a a picture of of key events, of key players in in time events. It says, they will all agree to give him their power, talking about the scarlet beast, that the, that's the Antichrist. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. Together, they will go to war against the Lamb. Now, when, it, when do they go to war against the Lamb? That's the Battle of Armageddon. That happens after the headquarters for the Harlot Church, Harlot Church is destroyed. It says, together, they will go to war against the Lamb, talking about the scarlet beast, that's the Antichrist and the kings of the world, but the lamb will defeat them. 
That's Jesus Christ. He comes with the armies of heaven. Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21. The marriage supper prophecy, it says, But the Lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings. And his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. What is that saying? When Jesus comes to fight and win the battle of Armageddon, all of us believers will be with him. That's at the beginning of the marriage supper prophecy, and it says it right here. And his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. So not only will the armies of heaven come with Jesus to fight and win the battle of Armageddon, but we will come as believers to see the battle of Armageddon being fought and won. Then verse 15 says, Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. Now this is very interesting. This is telling us the Antichrist and the ten kings of the ten nation alliance, the original ten kings, that they hate the prostitute. So they're going to hate this one world religion. It says they will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. Now, an incredible secret is revealed here. God is going to have the Antichrist and the kings, that have given him power, carry out his plans. So the Antichrist and the false prophet will work together in tandem, but the Antichrist will turn against the headquarters for the Harlot Church, where the false prophet rules from. They're going to turn against the one world religion and the, their headquarters, and they're going to destroy it, probably due to jealousy. We've heard how powerful financially the headquarters for the Harlot Church is going to be, how much money it's going to have, and think about it. If if only 10% of people give their tithe to the one world religion, how wealthy will will that uh, that organization be? Let's continue. Uh the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. So we already heard how uh, the city Babylon is destroyed with fire earlier in chapter 17. It's revealed that it reflects the judgment of God, but God uses the Antichrist and the ten kings to carry out his purposes so that fire is actually released by the Antichrist and the kings of the world. It says, For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. So the woman is the one world religion and the city the city is Babylon. It's the city of seven hills. We heard here the seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. So this woman rules, and there are seven hills in the city. The city of seven hills is Rome. If you look in, uh, if you look in any encyclopedia. You could go to uh, Bing or DuckDuckGo or Google, type in the City of Seven Hills. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. I'm typing in the City of Seven Hills, and what comes up is the title City of Seven Hills usually refers to Rome, which was founded on Seven Hills. Now, Let's talk about the fact that it says uh, there are two colors that are referred to in talking about this city. It says the woman wore purple 
and scarlet clothing. Can you think of a religion where leadership wears purple or scarlet, both? Purple and scarlet or purple or scarlet or both? So there are bishops and cardinals religion and one group normally wears scarlet and the other group normally wears purple. So it says bishops who are not cardinals wear purple and cardinals wear scarlet. Now listen, I'm not telling you my opinion. I don't determine what folks wear at church. These protocols have existed for hundreds of years. The book of Revelation was written more than 2,000 years ago, yet it reflects realities that exist today. Rome is a city that exists today. The headquarters for the Catholic Church is in Rome. And leadership, the leaders of the Catholic Church do in fact wear the colors that are scarlet and purple. And that language is used today to reflect the colors of the cardinals and bishops. This leads me to believe that the false prophet is the final pope. The false prophet is the final pope. Now, what's the outcome? The uh, What's the end point for the final pope, the false prophet? The Antichrist is headed for destruction. It says that in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. Satan is headed for destruction. It says that in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. And I want to share with you what is what is the fate of the false prophet. Revelation chapter 19, in the next documentary we're told, Revelation 19 verse 20, Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. That happens, the battle of Armageddon. So the final pope, the false prophet, he will not go down with Rome when it is destroyed. When Babylon is destroyed by fire, the false prophet will escape destruction at that point in time. But Subsequent to the destruction of the city of Seven Hills, the Battle of Armageddon will be fought and won, and at that time, the Antichrist will be captured, and the false prophet will be captured, and both will be tossed into the lake of fire. But the purple and scarlet prophecy itself, it is not focusing on the reality of what happens to the false prophet, is talking about what happens to the reality of the one world false religion. So the headquarters where the leadership for that one world religion, uh, where they are coming from, it is destroyed because that is the city where all of the activity has happened that has led to the nations throughout the entire world being deceived with the sorceries, the false miracles that are going to happen. There are going to be signs and wonders. Signs and wonders, miracles uh, are for today. Every miracle is either the result of 
the supernatural power of God or the supernatural power of Satan. Some people, because they don't know that miracles are for today, when they see a true miracle, they'll be deceived and they'll say, oh, God exists after all, or it has to be God. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Revelation chapter 13, the 666 Antichrist prophecy reveals that the false prophet, the final pope, will perform many false miracles, including calling fire down from heaven. So what are our takeaway points for today? There's a city of seven hills, and that city is the headquarters for the harlot church, the one world religion, the mother of all prostitutes, all false religions during the Great Tribulation. That city will have leaders that organize, that plan, that carry out the murder of Christians, including regular folks, Christian leaders, prophets of the Lord. But after the Great Tribulation has ended, and after the first resurrection has occurred, when the seventh and final plague is released, the judgment of God will come to that great city and it will be no more. It will be destroyed forever and ever. You need to know that there's coming a one world religion that's a false Christianity. You need to know that the leaders of that religion wear purple and scarlet. Don't be deceived. Peace is not coming until after the Battle of Armageddon is fought and won. Any man who says that he is God and who is not Jesus Christ is a liar. And any individual who fails to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord is a type of antichrist. I didn't say he is the Antichrist. I said a type of Antichrist. Friend and truth seeker, we have a number of key events that are coming very soon. We're looking forward to the green light being given so that Israel can rebuild its third temple. Subsequent to the temple being rebuilt, the Antichrist will stand in the middle of that temple and declare that he's God. The Great Tribulation soon thereafter will begin. It'll start with a war being declared on all Jews in Israel. After the Great Flood that fail to destroy Israel, the Great Tribulation will grow in scope to include a war on Christians everywhere. In its entirety, the Great Tribulation will last for a known finite period of time, which is 1,260 days. After that, there is the first resurrection. After the first resurrection, as believers, as we stand in heaven with Jesus Christ, once we rise to meet him in the clouds, so will we be forever with the Lord. We rise to meet him in the clouds. We continue with him to heaven. The angels descend from heaven, and they begin to pour out the seven final plagues. When the seventh and the seventh final plague is poured out. Babylon, this city, the headquarters for the harlot church, its judgment will be a reality. Its judgment will be a reality. And after Babylon is destroyed in a single day, a very short period of time, a very short period of time, we return with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ comes 
The armies of heaven come. We as believers come and we watch Jesus and the armies of heaven fight and win the battle of Armageddon. The governments of men are put down. The government of Jesus Christ is established. Isaiah chapter 9 tells us, and of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. And so when we come back with Jesus from heaven and he fights and wins the battle of Armageddon, we will have peace on earth for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years, Satan will be released for a short time. He and those who he has recruited to his team will be destroyed. Then we have the great white throne judgment. Then we transition to a new earth as believers and the unbelievers transition to Gehenna, the lake of fire. We're going to continue our discussion and analysis of the purple and scarlet prophecy on Sunday at 12 noon Texas time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you have a comment on the Pope, the final Pope, I'm not talking about Pope, I'm talking about the final Pope, the false prophet. If you have a question or comment about the one world religion, would you call during the live Internet broadcast or send in a text? You can text us using the PGN text number. That's 1214. That is 1214. Five zero five eight seven one nine, and during the live internet broadcast, you can call one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. I want to thank you for being with me and with us tonight. If you haven't done so yet, according to Jeremiah thirty three three, I urge you to call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Until next time, friend, God bless you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.